0: You are now listening to Pursuit Cast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. For me personally, just this topic of honor is just a really big thing. Um, honor is just a really big value and, and virtue, and, and something that I believe is really important. Um, I truly believe that honor is one of the things that that set people apart. I think there are things about honor, people who walk in honor, who carry honor, who show honor, that that's one of the things that really set people apart, I feel like, is is how they value and and carry honor together. And and I just want to share on that a little bit more and, and go deeper more specifically into that. So with that being said, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 10. Verse 37, Matthew 10, verse 37. If you're there, say, I got it. Amen. This is Jesus speaking. He says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Turn with me to one more place. Ephesians chapter six, verse one. Ephesians six, verse one. Ephesians six, verse one. one. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with the promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Amen. So I just chose these two verses for this seminar because I feel like on the, on one hand, we see Jesus saying, if you really want to follow me, if you really want to be my disciple, then you have to love me above everyone else that, that you have to love me more than your mother and father. In Luke uh, In Luke's gospel, Jesus says it a little bit more extremely. And he says, you have to hate your mother. You have to hate your father if you want to be my disciple. So we see Jesus saying this. And yet we see in scripture once again in Ephesians where it says, obey your parents for that is the right thing for you to do in the Lord. Goes on to quote the Ten Commandments, honor your mother and your father. So we see kind of this tension of where it feels like on one hand it's you know, follow Jesus and Jesus alone and, and leave your parents behind if you must. And 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 yet scripture once again comes back to this place of, no, you know, honor your mother and father because that's the first commandment with the promise. So I just want to start off in that tension because I feel like the only way we could really honor our parents well is if we know how to honor the Lord. So if you don't know how to honor the Lord, there's no way you will actually honor your parents in the way that he wants you to. So with that being said, let's pray. And we'll jump into just this topic this afternoon. Father, we just thank you that you are a loving father, that you know every single one of us, that you care about us. And you have called us to follow Jesus, to lay down our entire lives, to follow you. And in that tension, Lord, to honor others well. Teach us, speak to us, minister to us, meet with us. We thank you, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, when, when we talk about the word honor, we can use it in, in many different ways. Uh, we we, we could use it in the sense of defending someone's honor. So if you're a, a sister here, um, let's say you have a boyfriend, and, and some guy disrespects you, your boyfriend's going to be like, hold up, I'll be right back, I'm going to go defend your honor. Right, you guys with me? We see, we see another example of honor of someone getting good grades so that they, they graduate with honors. Another example is, you know, we will honor this contract. So we see this word honor used in different ways and nouns as verbs and, and, and so on and so on. So what exactly then is honor? Honor is to hold in esteem. It's to treat someone with high respect. To honor someone is to elevate the status of another. Honor is something that has distinction, something that's set apart. And, and and also it's to uphold an agreement. So like I said, in order for us to understand uh, how to honor other people, we have to start with honoring God. Just by a show of hands, who here is from a Christian family? Right? Who here is from a non-Christian family? Just so I get an understanding of, of atmospheres and, and backgrounds and stuff like that. So, so, so first and foremost, in order for us to live a life of honor, walking in honor, we have to understand that honoring God is simply putting him above all else and seeking to please him first. Right? Honoring God is putting him above all else and it's seeking to please him first. And that's where obedience and trust, worship, love, all of that is, is taking place. And we honor God. Honor is more about what I need to give rather than it is what I need to get. Honor is more about giving than it is receiving. So honor is more about recognizing my need to give it than it is my need to receive it. It's more about giving than it is receiving. And ultimately, honor that isn't rooted in our value for Jesus always misses the mark. Our value and, and honor, if that's not rooted in Jesus, will always miss the mark. Because one way to define and put honor is we honor others um, by treating them the way that we would treat Jesus, right? Honor is treating another person as you would Jesus. Simply put, that's what honoring is. And some of you might say, well, you know, Jesus would have never done that to me, though. Jesus would have never hurt me, though. Jesus would have never said these things. Jesus would have never abandoned me, though. But this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus gives a story about a king and comes to his ser- to his servants. And he thanks him for saying, thank you so much for giving me a drink of water when I needed it. Thanks for giving me clothes when, when, when I was going cold. And the servants were so confused. And the like, king, when did we ever see you naked, poor, and thirsty? And the king replies, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done it unto me. So That's understanding, honor, in the first, uh, first place is treating someone as you would Jesus. Not because of, of how they treated you, but because we see Jesus in them. We honor every single person because every single person is created in the image of God. Amen? We honor every single person because every single person was worth the precious blood of Jesus on the cross. There's no one that wasn't created in God's image. And there was no one that Jesus didn't die for. Amen? So that's where our value system comes from is we honor others because that's what God does. That's what God does. We honor simply based on our view of God. And that's how Jesus honored people throughout Scripture. Jesus was willing to go beyond cultural barriers, religious laws and rules and things like that to simply honor people. There's a story of a woman that's caught in the middle of adultery. Right? You ever pick that up? Like she's caught in the middle. Like that's all sketchy and weird to begin with. They bring her out, throw her at Jesus' feet. There's people with stones and rocks in their hands ready to kill this woman because they're saying, the law says such a woman should be stoned to death. Now, what do you say? And in the story, Jesus bends down low. He sits writing on the ground. And and before you know it, people are walking away, dropping their stones. And Jesus famously says, he who's without sin be the first to cast the stone. So everyone walks away. And I love that moment because in that moment, Jesus could have been like, honey, like you need some clothes on right now, right? Like, let's get the tear off your face, get, get the dirt off. Come back, then I'll honor you when your lifestyle demands it. Once you figure out purity, because you have an issue. Like, once you figure out, like, you know, once you say no to dating, then I'll honor no. Jesus honors us in that moment, amen? We see Jesus where he comes across a man with a withered hand. And Jesus says, stretch forth your hand and his hand gets healed. How many, guys know, how many of you guys know that's a miracle? Amen? Like, that's amazing, right? Like, he stretches out his hand and it can supernaturally heal. It's an amazing thing. Like, whoa, that's amazing. But here's the thing. The people of, of the law, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, couldn't even celebrate what God did in that moment because they're so caught up in rules, regulations, and how it looks. It's how dare you heal this man on a Sabbath? When Jesus says, man, was, uh, man wasn't created for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was created for man. Whenever you value law and what's right above people, you're on your way to becoming a Pharisee. But when you are willing to value people, honor them right where they're at, regardless of what other people think, then you're on your way to actually living the life of Jesus. And that's the thing about Jesus. He's willing to honor people no matter what, even if it's his own reputation at stake. I mean, Jesus has many titles: King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Messiah, Savior, you know, Son of God, whatever. But did you know one of Jesus's uh, other famous titles was actually "Friend of Sinners"? But Jesus was known as a friend of sinners, so much so that Jesus was criticized for going to parties. Jesus was criticized for for hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors. So much so that there was a reputation about Jesus among some by saying, man, this guy is a drunkard and a sluggard. He's a drunk and a sluggard. Did you guys know that? That's what people thought of Jesus. Obviously, Jesus wasn't any of those things. But Jesus never stopped to correct people's opinion of him. Like, wait, wait, hold on, guys. The only reason I do these things is because I'm trying to lead them to Christ, which is me. You know, like, I'm trying to lead them to me. I'm trying to make them pray, uh, the sinners pray and accept me. Jesus, like, think what you want. I'm going to keep honoring loving people because that's what real honor looks like. It doesn't matter what's at stake, what's at cost, your reputation, what rules, what whatever. But it's actually loving people because you see God in them. So, our value for honor has to start with our view of God. If honor is man centered, it becomes works becomes performance, becomes striving, becomes humanistic. Without God at the center of our honor, honor actually becomes flattery, right? It's it's sweet talking. It's just saying the right things. It's trying to get what we get. But like I said, honor is more about giving than it is receiving. So if it's anything less than than God at the center, we miss the mark and honor is less than what God calls us to, to live out, which is a true life of honor. So the question then is, who do we honor? Those who deserve it, those who earn it. No, we honor everyone. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I honor you. Turn to the other person and say, even you. Maybe that wasn't very honorable, but... But we see Jesus living a life of honor. And one of the things I love about Jesus is the fact that he honors with no strings attached. He's not honoring people so that they could do certain things for him. Even there's a story where Jesus heals 10 lepers. The Bible says he heals all 10. Uh, They go away and only one of them comes back. I mean, if I'm Jesus in that moment, if I know only one of them is going to actually follow me, I'm only healing that guy. Right? Because the other nine i like, what about me? He's like, y'all ain't gonna follow me anyways, you know? I only honor those who honor me back. No, Jesus just healed them, loved them, met them right where they were, regardless, and left the choice unto them because he honors us with no strings attached. I mean, that's how he honors people. Even look at the cross. We know that Jesus died for every single person. Amen? We, but we also know that not every single person accepts Christ. But he does it because we're worth honoring. Jesus honors people with no strings attached. Even when Jesus washes his disciples' feet, I think we're so far removed from that culture that we don't understand the implications and how powerful it was. Because only servants washed people's feet. <laughs> Not just any servant, but non-Jewish servants. Because they were considered that low of a job. So when Jesus was willing to, you know, uh, tie the towel around his waist, take his shirt off, you know, and like do the thing, Peter was like, yo, you can't do this because it was that offensive. But Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Did you know that he washes even Judas' feet? Later at dinner, Jesus says, one of you guys is going to betray me. And they're all shouting, like, what? No way. Not me. Is it you? And you know, they go on and on and on. And Jesus says, it's the person who, who, who takes his bread and he passes it to his right. Whoever sat at the right hand of the dinner host was considered the most honored guest. And that was Judas. When Jesus knew what Judas was going to do. I mean, he predicted it at dinner. He even washed his feet. Now Jesus wasn't kneeling down; it's Judas's turn. He like gets right in between the toes. You know, he's like, "I'm cleaning you real nice because you're going to be tempted real soon. You know, you're going to try to sell me out for some coins. But look how look how I'm getting into the crevices of your toe jam, girl. Like this is how much I honor you. Remember this when you're tempted to betray me. But Jesus doesn't do that. Amen. He just honors Judas. He loves Judas. He serves Judas. I mean, if I knew someone was gonna not just betray me, but actually go out of their way to harm me. Like I'm giving them the cold shoulder. Like I'm not texting them back. I mean, whatever. You know? But Jesus honored people with no strings attached. Too often honor is based on what uh, on who we think deserves it, or we honor someone if, uh, if it makes us look good. But, but, but we stop as soon as our reputation is at stake. Like, oh, i got to stop associating with this person or whatever. There's this story. Uh, there's this video I saw a couple years ago. And, and it changed my whole idea of honor. Because, they're, they're, I mean, tragically, there are many stories of pastors and ministry who, who commit adultery. They cheat on their wives. They do this, you know, whatever. And, and there was this, uh, this one pastor. He, like, he's really brave, I guess. But he was reading like, all his hate mail uh, in front of everyone. You know, I think I'm too insecure to do that. Like I'll start crying like, oh, you oh, know, like, whatever. But uh, but this pastor, he was reading this hate, ma- uh, hate mail from this one guy. He's like, you know, h- how can you associate with this so-and-so pastor? Like, don't you know what he did? Like, how he ruined his marriage? His teaching is not theological. He's messed up. He's broken. Like, don't associate with him. And he says, how in God's name can you still defend this man? How in God's name can you be his friend? You should condemn him. You know, you should rebuke him. And the pastor uh, responds by just saying, he goes on and on and on. And this is how he ends that letter. He says, you ask me how in God's name I could still be friends with this man. And the answer is easy because it's in God's name I'm his friend. And I think that's the heart of God. where we don't leave people at their lowest moment when they mess up, when they backslide, when they whatever. But honor is simply seeing who God calls them to be, be and seeing that and calling that forth. That's what honor is. It's seeing the gold in someone else and drawing that forth. Honor is what draws forth the gold within the heart of a person. It's easy for us to see the flaws, the shortcomings, the weaknesses, uh, how they made a mistake, how they hurt us, how they let us down. It's one thing to focus on those things, but it's another to really see what God has put within them. I mean, some people like. Let's be honest. It takes more faith sometimes. Amen. Like, Lord, give me twenty twenty vision in the faith to see the goal because I see nothing. I mean, sometimes you just gotta be real. But just start with what you can. Like, you have nice smile. Like, you know, just start wherever you can. But just keep honoring that person. Because did you know what actually changes a person's life is, is honor. It's not creating uh, rules and boundaries and and micromanaging their behavior and telling them you got to do this, stop doing that, this is the right thing to do, don't do that, but just honoring them. Seeing what what they can't see, seeing the goal within them and calling that forth, that is honor. Right? Respect might be earned, but I believe that honor is freely given. Respect might be earned, but honor is freely given. Mutual respect is a two-way street. But giving honor... Is a one-way road that's on the straight and narrow. I believe that's honor. We want to do uh, honor when, when it makes sense, when someone deserves it, when they do the right thing or, or if they have a title or whatever. But honor is something we give freely to everyone else. Jesus says, freely you've received, not freely give." You. you know, Jesus died on the cross while we were still sinners, amen? Jesus died on the cross while we were enemies of God, dead in our sins. That's when Jesus chose to honor us. Not when we got our behavior right. Not when we got some things fixed out or or figured out in life. But even at our worst state, Jesus died for us. Because that's honor. That's what real honor looks like. Honor says more about the person giving it than it does about the person receiving it. Honor will always say more about the person that's giving the honor than it does about the person that's receiving it. We give honor because we're honorable people. Amen? Amen. We give honor because that's how God has treated us when we didn't deserve it at all. Honor will always say more about who you are than it is about the person that receives it. Only powerful people can give honor. Did you know that you're powerful? Did you know that every single one of you, you're powerful? Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, you're powerful. You're powerful, like, alright, let's do it again, but like with power, though. Like, alright. <laughs> alright, like, let's stop now. I'm just getting out of here, right? All right. Every single one of you, you're powerful. You're not survivors. You're not even conquerors. The Bible says you're more than conquerors through Christ who loves you. How many of you guys know that's truth? Amen. That these things that the Bible says about us, that you're a new creation. That God has taken away your, or your heart of stone and has given you a heart of flesh. You're more than a conqueror. Like All of these things are true. They're not inspirational quotes we tell ourselves when we feel bad. But it's truth. It's not truth because we know it. It's not truth because you know we just talk about it. It's truth because we live in this reality of being more than a conqueror. Only powerful people can give honor because it says, you can't define me. You can't control me because my identity, my worth, everything that I am comes from God and God alone. You dishonoring me can't affect my honor because you don't honor me anyways. It's God. But right? you can try to take me down if you want to. But God is the one that has lifted me up. Like that's what honor is. It's, it's not being afraid of what other people think or feel about you because you know your worth, your identity at the end of the day is only found in God. You'll die by the criticism of man if you live by the praises of man. But if we find our identity and worth in God alone, then your words, it might hurt me, but it doesn't define me. It's only powerful people can honor. And it's understanding that truth of who we are in God that when I honor someone who we might say doesn't deserve it, it doesn't take anything away from me by doing that because they don't add the value to my soul because that's already in God. Does that make sense? I think so often we get caught up in in what makes sense and tangible and what we feel and our circumstances and all these different things instead of living really by what the Bible says. You're living in the word, not based on what you know, but how you live. Don't tell me what scriptures you quote. Show me what scriptures you live out, and I'll say you are then living in truth. So often we base our faith on how we feel rather than what the word of God says. We're, we're, we're not circumstantial Christians. We're word based Christians. Amen? We're word based Christians. I can't allow circumstances or other people's behaviors or how they treat me to define who I am because I'm not a victim. I'm a victor in Christ. We're not victims. Victims can't honor because they're 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 afraid they're they're some, they've lost something or whatever, and and I don't say this to diminish that we have faced loss that we have faced hurt we have gone through tough times that's a reality, but we have a God who walks with us redeems those things restores restores those things actually helps us walk in freedom so that we could actually honor and honor well. Honor is recognizing who someone is without stumbling over who they're not. Like I said, honor is seeing the goal instead of getting caught up in the mud and and the dirt and, and, and junk. Honor is recognizing who someone is without stumbling over who they're not. And like I said, honor is about drawing forth the goal that God has placed within them. The reason why we honor as children of God is because we don't allow other people's character to define our character. I honor because your character de- defects can't control me. You can't control me with how you treat me. You can't control me with how much you love me or whether you don't love me. Like you don't define what I do. Because like we're powerful people. Honor happens when I'm free to be me regardless of you. Honor happens when I'm free to be me regardless of you. Because you can't get me to honor you more or honor you less Because it's not based on how you feel about me. The way you treat me won't shape my honor of you. Because my honor is based on my view of God. Amen? Are you guys still with me? That's what real honor is. Because that's what living in in the reality and truth of God is, is. Other people can't control you. The truth is, no one can get you to do anything. Amen? It might feel that way. But you're not victims. You're powerful people in Christ. So honor happens when I'm free to be me, regardless of you. Now the truth is when we live a life that God has called us to live, especially in the realm of honor, the truth is we won't get it right 100% of the time. Amen? Like we'll, we'll, we'll get, our, our tempers might get the best of us. Our, I mean, we might have a bad day, I mean, whatever. We won't always be 100% in our, in our honor of other people even of God. So what do we do when we mess up, when we blow it, when it comes to honor? The answer is you own it, repent, and get back up. When you mess up in honor, own it. Own the fact that, you, man, you dropped the ball in this realm of honor. Take ownership of it, repent, and then start honoring again. I want you to know, here's the sign of true maturity. The true sign of spiritual maturity is when you fail, you get back up and you keep moving forward. I believe immaturity is when you start nursing your own failures. Let's say you have this amazing seminar time. Amen? Or whatever. Okay. Um, You have this amazing seminar time. Let's say after the seminar ends, during dinner, you sin. I mean, whatever, right? And then worship starts. The natural tendency in that moment is to feel like, man, I just can't get into worship because I just sinned. And you keep replaying it over and over. And you're like, God, if I could go back, I wouldn't do it. And, and, And you feel bad. But maturity is, is letting that go, owning it. God, I messed up. I repent. Repentance isn't feeling bad about yourself, but it's actually changing your direction and going in the path you're supposed to go. Right? That's what real repentance is. I think oftentimes we feel like, I don't feel like I have truly repented unless I have, you know, seven tears. You know, like I need seven tears to know I'm truly repentant because I don't feel sorry enough. But this is what the Bible says, that worldly sorrow... It might have tears. It might have emotions. But worldly sorrow leads to death. But godly sorrow, which might have no tears at all, is what leads to life. Because that's when you just simply say, I messed up. I own it. I take responsibility. And I get back up. Because God is willing to forgive us. Amen? Immaturity is when we start nursing our failures. Maturity is owning it, repenting, getting back up. Just right away. There's, you don't need to waste time. You don't need to feel guilty. You know, just believe in what God says, because when God forgives us, he doesn't just forgive us, but he, he treats us as if we never sinned in the first place. And that's how powerful God's forgiveness is. Forgiveness is, is I don't know what I said, but <laughs> and that's how God honors us. Amen. So this type of honor, God calls us to uh, honor everyone in this way. Amen. To honor in this way, to give uh, without focusing on us not getting caught up in their failures, their shortcomings, of how they treated us, how they made us feel, but seeing God within them, understanding how God has honored us, viewing, um, treating others as we would treat Jesus, all of these different things. Um, And and God calls us to this specifically for us to honor our parents in that way. Now, In order for us to walk in this way of honoring our parents, I think we have to first come to... uh, Realize that family was God's idea, amen? I mean, family was God's idea. It was something that he thought of, he invented. I mean, even this whole part of, of the thing about the kingdom of God, which every one of us are a part of, is family. Because at the center of kingdom is a king, and that king is father. Whenever we build the kingdom of God, we're building his family. God's not interested in recruiting servants to be a part of his kingdom as much as he's looking to adopt sons and daughter into his family. He doesn't need a workforce. He's looking for sons and daughters. So, whenever you think about the kingdom of God, how God operates, how God rules, it's, it's in the realm of kingdom, but that's also within the realm of family. That's why he's father. That's why Jesus is son, right? That's, that's how God moves and operates, is in that place. So, family is God's idea. So, honoring our parents is, is built on the foundation. Of of God's honor for us and us honoring God because like I said if if your honoring of your parents isn't rooted in your honor of God it'll always be something else it'll always miss the mark honoring our parents then is value valuing them it's loving them uh, in light of loving God and here's the thing I, I want to say about uh, honoring family and honoring our parents I I think it's it's so easy for us to to come and, and expect like a rule list like things. We do to honor them, but here's what Jesus says about honor honor is it, it comes from the heart because if anyone knew all the right things, it was the Pharisees right the, the the religious leaders of the time they were probably like the you know the most strict disciplined people ever. but Jesus says this about them they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So I could come here and tell you you know top seven ways to honor your parents. But that's not what real honor is. It's, it's positioning our hearts before God and others and to, to, to flow from that place. It's, it's, it's actually really relying on the Holy Spirit. I think too often we want step-by-step instruction, but God wants face-to-face intimacy. And we want, like, how do I do this? But God is like, just follow me, walk with me, allow me to lead you by the Spirit. Right? Amen? That's what it means to be a follower of God. The Bible says that the children of God are led by the Spirit. Those who are the sons of God are those who are led by the Spirit. That's all of us. So if we really want to honor others, well, we need to rely on on the Holy Spirit. The truth is relying on the Holy Spirit will be uncomfortable, right? Like it's kind of like, I mean, I don't have time to go into it, but relying on God in that way is uncomfortable, but how many of you know that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our comforter? You don't need a comforter if you only operate in your comfort zone. If you only live within your comfort zone, your honor is based on your comfort. You don't need a comforter when you get stretched. When you honor someone and they don't reciprocate it back. You don't need a comforter when when when, when someone rejects you when you're trying to honor them. When you honor those who have hurt you. But that's the heart of Jesus. Jesus says, bless those who who, who, who curse you. Forgive those who've hurt you. I mean, he's showing us his own heart because that's how he lived his life. So honoring our parents, it's not so much do this, do that, but it's following the Holy Spirit, being sensitive to his leading. I want to say a couple things about honoring family versus honoring God. Whenever our families, um, our own personal earthly family culture and expectations are in clash with kingdom values and kingdom expectations. Kingdom must trump it. Right? It doesn't mean, like, Mom and Dad, you're wrong! You know, like, Pastor Sam told me so. Like, don't, don't say that, please, you know? Like, say Sam Kim or something. Like, don't say Sam Juan, right? But it's how do I do that while putting the kingdom up first? Does that make sense? Like, it's, it's putting the value of kingdom above our own family kingdom and values. So I think whenever you find those things in tension, if we're going to honor God and actually honor our parents, it has to be us putting God first, even in those moments. Because that's what real honor is. Because I believe the greatest way you can actually honor your parents is to live a life of faith. That's the greatest thing you could do, even if they don't understand, even if they don't agree. The greatest way you can honor your parents is to live your life for Jesus. It's to leave a legacy for future generations where, where, where you follow God. Like Let that be what gets passed on to your, to your family. Amen? That your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' 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 kids. kids like They don't carry the same baggage, but they, they, they follow a new legacy. I mean, that's the most honorable thing you could do for your family, your family name and your family line is to leave a new legacy. Right? It, it, it's saying that certain sin patterns ends with me. And that certain, certain unhealth, dysfunctions, like they, my, my kids, they don't have to live in this any longer because I'm choosing to say that this ends with me. I mean, that's the most honorable thing we could do is that these things that have been harmful, and, and I don't say this to shame anything or to embarrass or, or to talk bad about, but I mean, we're all messed up. We're all broken. That's the reality of, of the effects of sin. It is defeated, but God is in the business of all restoring. But in that process, you know, we haven't had perfect parents. We don't come from perfect homes. So there will be these things. But it's simply saying that I, these things don't have to be passed on any longer because I'm choosing to leave a new legacy. I would that's the most honorable and honoring thing you could do for your family is to live a life of faith. So to to, to deal with these things and to live in light of these things, it um. It's it's recognizing that to honor our parents doesn't mean to hide how you feel. Honoring our parents doesn't mean you do whatever they tell you to do. Honoring your parents isn't codependency. But honoring your parents is actually developing healthy relationships with healthy boundaries. That's what honoring your parents looks like. It's developing those healthy relationships with healthy boundaries. Because here's the truth. You can't be spiritually mature and be emotionally immature. It doesn't happen. You can't be spiritually mature and emotionally immature because your emotional capacity will always limit your spiritual growth. Because whatever baggage you have will always limit the flow of God's grace in your life. I say this because all of us are called to walk in this type of freedom. Amen? That you can't be spiritually mature and emotionally uh, immature. And I say this because that means it requires work. Like, it's hard work to deal with some of the junk in our hearts. It's difficult to deal honestly with some of our, our, our roots and our issues and our pains. I think oftentimes we, all we do, uh, I think as Christians, we're expert at dealing with the symptoms of sins without actually going out for the root of sin issues. It takes hard work to deal with the root issue. It's about being honest. It's hard work. It's honest work. It's about fighting to be in the light That fighting to stay in the light. And that's what being honest and developing those relationships are. Too often people are are unable to process deeply and honestly. Because I think many times we believe the lie that says, Well, if I'm if I'm honest, or if, if I share this about what I experienced with my parents, or if I bring this up, then that's dishonorable. Like I'll be dishonoring my parents if if if, if I share this, you know, like I, I have to protect them. But I want you to know that the most honoring thing you can do is be honest, find freedom, find healing, so you can honor them from that place. Instead of holding it and harboring it and feeling like you, you're doing it begrudgingly. Like, oh man, I, I don't want to honor them because they treated me like this. Because they abandoned me. Or man, I never, I never even knew my parents. So how do I even honor them? But it's dealing honestly with those things. Finding healing. Finding freedom. And, and allowing uh, honor to flow from that place. I mean, to be honest, there will be times when you will have to die to your, yourself, right? There will be times where you have to die to yourself. And you know, Just say no to how you feel and choose honor instead, because that's faith. You know that whenever you do, uh, uh, whenever you, your actions and how you live your life align according to the word when you don't feel like it, that's not called being fake. That's called faith. I think oftentimes we live our life because we want to be authentic. Man, I don't want to do this because, man, if I do it, I'll be fake. When we see this, especially in the realm of worship where, man, I would lift my hands, but I'm not feeling it. And I don't want to be fake. When you lift your hands, when you don't feel like it, to worship God, that's not faith. That's called faith. And the same way when we honor people, when we don't feel like it, that's not you being fake, putting on a fake smile, but it's faith because you're choosing to live your life according to what God says. I said so there will be times when you have to do that, but God still is wanting to, to develop this health within you so that you can flow from that place. Amen? Right? So, So we need to process deeply and honestly. And remove the lie that says, for me to deal with these things, to be honest with these things, to confront some of these things, to confess some of these things, that it is not dishonoring. Amen? Because that's a lie that will always keep you in bondage. You are only as sick as the secrets you keep. But you are only as sick as the secrets you keep. I have committed to live my life without secrets. Like no secret sin, no secret whatever. I choose to live my life in the light with trustworthy people and the Lord. I think oftentimes we feel like, man, as long as I confess it to God, I'm good. But the Bible says if you actually want to be healed, confess your sins to one another. Like that doesn't mean I'm going to like start like confessing all my sins because that's called like not wisdom, right? But, but finding people who actually know everything about you. I mean, that's your way to health. That's your way to life. That's your way to, to living a life of freedom. Jesus says, "I've come to give you life and life to the fullest." So unless we deal honestly and openly with these wounds and hurts, uh, we'll never honor from, 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 from the right place. Because, because without healing, honoring our parents seems cruel. Because it's like, God, you know everything I've been through, you know how they hurt me, you know what they've done, you know my background, but you're, you're telling me to honor them, and it feels unfair. But God wants to heal you. Amen. God wants to do work in you because without that healing, honoring will seem impossible. But it's not. What's, pos- what's impossible with man, it's possible with God. And that happens when we present our heart before the Lord. Um, so we have to understand that God is good even in, when it comes to honoring our parents. He's not doing this because he wants us to suffer. He's like, oh man, like this person's parents were so messed up to that, but I want them to honor them anyways. You are like, no, like, God is good. He's, he wants to set uh, us up to live a life to the fullest. The Bible says that boundaries have fallen in pleasant places. Amen? Psalm 16 said his boundaries have fallen in pleasant places. That some of these things that feel like, man, God is out to get me. God, God just doesn't want me to be happy. God is just... Wanting me to suffer. Like, no, he has set boundaries and pleasant places so we could have life and life abundantly. I feel like one of the best illustrations of this is actually what John Piper says about premarital sex. This is what he says. Is that, he says that God is against premarital sex, not because he's a killjoy, but because he's, he's against anything that kills joy. Does that make sense? He's, he's not against premarital sex because he's a killjoy. But because he's against anything, that kills joy. like He wants us to experience life and life to the fullest. So whenever it comes to any issue and we feel like God is so restricting, so whatever. It's him actually wanting to give you life. One illustration I want to share in this is is that of a kite. A kite is only able to fly because it feels like it's restricted by the string. Does that make sense? Right. If a kite is like, yo, this string is holding me back. As long as I'm just free from what's holding me back, then I can fly. So let's say you cut that string, the kite would fall. So many times we feel like these things are holding us back, but it's actually his boundaries, his laws, his word is actually setting us up to soar. And we only view, we don't view it that way because we don't believe he's actually good. God is actually good. He's wanting to honor our parents because he's actually good. Because he wants us to experience life and life to the fullest. Every single one of us, we 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 have father and mother wounds. It could be because of what they did, what they said, how they made us feel, and 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 all. Uh, I don't know your story, your background, your relationship with your parents, but oftentimes the wounds we come from are from these three categories. It's either we had an abusive parent, we either had an absent parent, or we had a critical and controlling parent. I mean. And, and, and it could bring different wounds through those things. Maybe your parents were divorced. Maybe your parents passed away. Uh, maybe, you know, whatever. Like, in any way, it could cause these wounds. So all of us have mother and father wounds, but God wants to bring healing into those places. Every single one of us, we were created to grow in an atmosphere of security, of safety, identity, affirmation, affection, attention, healthy touch, and intimacy. But whenever we grow up with deprivations and any of these things, it actually leads to dysfunction. Whenever we feel like we we didn't get enough of whatever this is, whether it's security, identity, affirmation, we go looking for it in other places that actually don't need to lie. If I could be honest uh, this afternoon, I would say that a lot of the the sins that I struggled when it comes to uh, sexual sin and things like that, it wasn't so much a lust thing as much as it was an uh, intimacy thing for myself, right? Like, I think we, we get so focused on, like I said, the outcome, the symptom, rather than going deeper to what it is. Because whenever those tanks in our lives feel empty, we'll do whatever it is to get it. And that's what sin is. It, it's, it's, it's reaching for things outside of God's best way. So maybe if you feel like your attention is low, you, you, you people please. If you don't have security, you, you people please because you're trying to fill those tanks outside of God's best way. So a lot of these deprivations, it's a sign and a window to what's really underneath the soul that God wants to address. We could keep looking at the outcome instead of going into the deeper thing. But that's what God wants to do. And a lot of these things, it's actually rooted in in, in our household. It's family sin patterns. It's it's the atmosphere we grew in. Um, So whenever we go deeper and deal with these wounds and these different deprivations, the things that you felt like you didn't have, I would say that the first sign you have is anger. And I want to say that's a good thing, right? Maybe I'm the only pastor to ever say that anger is a good thing, but I'm a speaker of truth. Amen, right? (laughs) Did you know that God feels anger? You guys know the story where Jesus goes into the temple and they're selling animals to be sacrificed. Jesus turns over the tables. He like, you know, whips the animals out of the temple. Jesus isn't doing that with the smile on his face. He's like, ha ha, yeah. You know, like, humming like, whoo, get out of here. Like, no, he's like, He's angry. You know, and he says, you know, my, uh, my, my father has called this to be a, a house of prayer, but you have made it a, a den of thieves. Jesus is saying that in righteous anger, God feels anger. Anger isn't sin. The Bible doesn't say don't be angry because that's sin. Instead, Apostle Paul says in your anger, do not sin. Oftentimes, one of the first indications that your heart is beating again is that you feel anger. But in your anger, do not sin. Anger is oftentimes is a gateway to a deeper emotion. Because anger is always a secondary emotion. Right? Anger is always a secondary emotion. I'm angry because I feel unloved. I'm angry because I feel sad. I'm angry because it feels so unjust. Are you guys with me? Right? That's what anger is. So I would say that often because when you start going deeper into these things, you'll feel anger. And you might get feel condemned or guilty, but you're on your way to healing when you start allowing yourself to accurately feel what you're meant to feel. Oftentimes, whenever we've been hurt, we shut down our heart, and so we don't want to feel. Because we feel like, if I feel this way, maybe it's dishonoring. But God wants to actually heal those things in your heart so that you could keep honoring and honor well. So like I, I've just been... Um, affirming and repeating over and over is that God is good. He's not out to get us or trick us or twist our arms to do what He wants. And I think the first and foremost place then for us to start is to find healing in those places. Is to understand the Father's heart for us. Because even if we look at Jesus' life, right? I mean, Jesus honored others well, amen? But Jesus also lived in the greatest awareness of the Father's love for Him. And from that overflow, He honored others. We need to come to a place of understanding how our Father feels about us. Of how He honors us. How He loves us. So when God tells us to honor our parents, He's not saying ignore everything you've been through. He's not saying ignore how they treated you. Ignore how they they made you feel. But he's saying, I have freedom and healing for you from these things so that you can honor well. So that you can live within the pleasant boundaries I've set for you. So that you can experience life and life to the fullest. So that you can have life and life abundantly. Because that's God's heart. He is really good. God is a really good God. He's not out there, you know, coming up with schemes to make our life difficult. But he actually loves us and has healing for us. Only from that place of understanding the Father's heart for me are we able to honor them well. Because here's the thing, I don't want us to come to a place where we become dismissive of our parents. Like, oh, they just don't understand. And they're just stuck in their way, so we dismiss them altogether. or, Or we harbor bitterness. But I believe that honor, first and foremost, starts with positioning our hearts in a posture before the Lord that's soft. Because hurt will make you close your heart. It will make you shut it down or, or, or freely give it to, you know, whoever gives me attention in the moment, right? But true honor is keeping my heart posture soft before the Lord so that it can be soft before others. Thank you for listening to PursuitCast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.